Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland. Uh, today, what I want to talk about has to do with my ideas about um, narrative agency and traditional RPGs and story RPGs and war games and board games and generally kind of some of my thoughts about how they're structured and how they work and all of that sort of stuff. Um, partly because I think my next overview episode is going to be of a game that is a lot more story than trad. So um, I figured, well, I will do an episode about some of my thoughts. And then for the overview episode, I will have hopefully defined all of the terms that I'm likely to end up accidentally or on purpose using. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. So, narrative agency. What do I mean by narrative agency? Well, narrative agency is basically just um, calling the shots, being in charge, being in control of what happens and how it happens and all of that sort of stuff. And the idea, um, this is, as I understand it, I think mostly a term from um, literary analysis, or at least that's where I've encountered it most. But I think it applies to gaming too, because gaming is a collaborative storytelling um, work, right? You're sort of all working together. Everybody has some agency coming together in telling what turns out to be a story at the end. Once you get, especially once you get to the end, looking back, it, I think, is and almost has to be a narrative. Even in something like a, a really structured board game, you know, you can play Parcheesi and look back on the events of the game of Parcheesi and think, wow, there's a there's a narrative there. It's not a, a well, I don't think necessarily it's a super sophisticated narrative and there's probably a, a limited number of characters and a limited number of turning points. And it might be a really boring narrative, but it is still narrative. Um, and so what is going on with narrative agency in games? And it seems to me that one of the ways the games work is that they have varying levels of narrative agency based on the way that they approach this collaborative storytelling. And as I see it, there's there's principally um, three different groups with narrative agency. There is the, the game master or player one. There's the players, players two through however many else. And there's the game itself. And all three of these have control over how the collaborative story comes out. And depending on the, the relationship between their narrative agencies, the story and the game will play out in different ways. So at one end, if you imagine this as sort of a spectrum, as I see it, at one end you have the game itself having the most narrative agency. And I see that in something like a board game. So I use the example of Parcheesi. Parcheesi, very heavily structured. The players do get to make choices, right? The players don't have no narrative agency. They just don't have a whole lot, right? They get to make choices about how they spend the limited number of moves that they get every turn. 
but they do not have a whole lot of opportunities to make choices about how the game unfolds. It's it's fairly heavily structured. And so the game itself, as I see it, has the most narrative agency. It's got all of those rules that say this is how you have to operate. This is how the story unfolds in all of these different situations. And that's not to say that the rules have to be simple. The rules can be um, quite complicated and the rules can have a lot of varying moments, but they, they exercise a lot of control over the story as it unfolds. So then moving along the spectrum, you have, as I see it, most um, war games talking about, you know, tabletop Warhammer style, that sort of thing. Um, The rules still have a lot of narrative agency. There's a lot of structure to what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do and what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say. But the players are starting to have more agency. And in this case, it's it's just players. You don't really have a game master um, unless you have a referee who's in charge of enforcing the rules, in which case that's just sort of more a narrative agency for the rules themselves. But the players, the players are starting to get more narrative agency because they can decide how they want to engage with the rules. They often the rules allow them to make more and more and more decisions in the case of the game to to be involved. If you see um, story structure as a series of singular events and you imagine that each event is a, a decision, each event is a something changes in the course of the story on that linear path, there are a lot more of these player-driven moments in a war game than there are in a board game. Um, and so it's players, you know, they can decide, well, I want to move this unit versus this unit. I want to attack in this order. I want to do these things. And they still are fairly heavily structured, especially for competitive war games, right? Competitive war games depend on a pretty... Um, solid and um, easily interpretable and ultimately very um, agency-heavy story structure, right? The the rules have to have a lot of weight in a fairly competitive game because you can't have the players interpreting the rules in their own fashion, really, because if it's going to be competitive, you need that arbitrary... Uh, not arbitrary. You need the opposite of arbitrary. You need a a just and a um, consistent rules and rulings. So then we get to more like traditional RPGs. And as I see this, this is a sort of further step towards players having agency. And in particular, one player has a lot of the agency, and that's the game master. Um, the rules will have differing levels of agency, and it depends on the kind of design philosophy behind the game, right? So you have something like Pathfinder, where the joke is there's a rule for everything in Pathfinder. And um, I think that ultimately takes away from the narrative agency of the game master, right? The same way it does in a board game or a war game. 
um, versus with a lot of these OSRs, the idea of rulings, not rules. That's a lot of narrative agency, a lot of power to put in the hands of the game master. And that's not necessarily better or worse. Um, it is different. Um, and that's sort of what I'm getting at is I'm not, I'm not trying to say that one of these is better than the other one or worse than the other one. Um, different people will have different balances of narrative agency that they like or dislike. And so what I am suggesting is that this is one way to think about game design. So, and then, um, in fact, one of the things that I think is interesting is the game master can often relinquish some level of narrative agency. They can say something like, well, you rolled well, so how do you kill this orc? And give one of the players the chance to take over the narrative for a moment. Because ultimately, I think that is, um, at its core, that's kind of how... Um, collaborative storytelling in RPGs works is that you, the basic way that it works is you roll dice. If you roll well for the system, could be rolling high, could be rolling low. Basically, if you succeed at the dice rolls, you get more narrative agency. If you lose at the dice rolls, you lose narrative agency, right? You roll a nat 1 on a d20 in most games, that means that you have less control over your character and what happens in the game than you had before that roll. You roll a nat 20 playing D&D or Astonishing Swordsmen, Sorcerers of Hyperborea, and suddenly you have more control over the world and the story as it's unfolding and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and so there is this flexible movement of narrative agency. And in particular, I think one of the things that you often do is that um, creating a good story involves that flexible movement of narrative agency that if you have a very static um, organization of narrative agency that your story is likely to feel relatively static. Um, it's not to say that it has to feel static, but one of the ways that I see it is I think a lot of really good RPG stories involve a um, transition where at the start, the game master has the most narrative agency, and then in every scene, the players gradually take some of the game master's narrative agency and use it themselves when the scenes transition and the, the game master takes over again, the game master gets that narrative agency back essentially, but that over the course of the game, you have this back and forth flow. And in particular over the course of the story arc, right? You know, you have your, your opening, your rising action, your climax, your falling action and your closing. Well, the idea is I think that rising action involves players getting more narrative agency and that closing, that falling action involves players getting less narrative agency. And so if you are sort of drawing out the, the progression of events in a game as a sine wave almost, what you have is this back and forth of narrative agency. And that's where I'm going to go with the fourth type of game, and that is story games. And story games, I think, um, story games 
does not necessarily mean story games certainly doesn't mean no rules story games doesn't even necessarily mean less rules although it often does what i think story games means is that the rules surrounding narrative agency work differently and that they often um are designed to be more organic and flexible and flowing that the rules actually built into them have this idea of transference of narrative agency that um when you are playing a story game, that concept where the game master says, all right, you rolled really well, how does this orc die? That's kind of the basic mechanic of how story games work, that story games simplify it down to that basic mechanic, that that it's, you rolled well, take over the narrative for a moment. Have what you want to happen, happen. Have what your character wants to happen, happen. For a moment, probably not for the rest of the session, although if you're at the end of the session, maybe for the rest of the session. Or depending on the story game, you know, one of the games that I have been reading is called Polaris. And in Polaris, as far as I can tell, the idea is that narrative agency is held by basically whoever wants it. The, the idea is if you have an idea for the story that is being told, you tell that idea and you tell it until somebody objects to it. You just tell the story. And so that's how – so in a in Polaris, it's a, a completely GM-less game, right? There's no game master trying to take back narrative agency. Um, it's just this kind of – network of narrative agency between the players, generally four players in Polaris, all of whom have some desire to have narrative agency because they have goals, right? And that's really important is that your players need goals. And that generally means your characters need goals. And through narrative agency, they accomplish those goals. And so that's really important for story games, is that you can't really play a story game without goals, I think. Because otherwise, what do you do with your narrative agency? What do you, what do you say happens when it's your turn to say what happens if you don't have goals? And ultimately, I, I, I get it, the idea of the goal, well, the the ultimate goal is to tell the best story, to tell a really good um, story. But you know, what do you what do you do in a game when you don't have something that you're trying to accomplish? I don't know. I'm not really sure what you do in a game. And to to that end, I think running good games means having things that you want to accomplish, having things to use narrative agency on. Right? I talked I talked with um Kevin Madison of Dungeon Musings a little bit about this, that one of the strengths I think of one shots is that it is very easy to say this is your goal, right? This is what your character wants and it makes it really clear that this is what you spend your narrative agency on right if narrative agency is capital this is what you spend it on is making this shit happen anyway um 
so yeah, that's sort of my ideas about the the spectrum of narrative agency organization in game design. You have board games where the game has the most agency. You have war games where the game still has a lot of agency. You have RPGs where there is more of a mix. In more traditional RPGs, the game and the game master have more agency. In more story-based games, there might not even be a game master, and so it's the players who have the most agency. Um, but yes, that's sort of my idea. That's that's kind of what I am thinking about. So for the next overview, as I mentioned before, I think what I'm going to do is overview a game that is more story game than it is trad game. Um, and... So I wanted to do an episode to talk about my ideas of story games and how they work so that hopefully this primes you mentally for how one can think about story games. And so next episode, when I talk about this story game, you will be um, already thinking in similar terms to me. So thank you for listening. I think it's time for the outro. So that's my episode, more than likely my first episode, because I will probably have more things to say about narrative agency. My first episode about narrative agency in game design. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to say, leave me a message on Anchor or um, hit me up on Twitter, at Cows from Powis. Um, yeah. Aside from that, thanks for listening. I have been Arlen Walker, and I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland. See you next time.